0: Um, a true confession to start, um, I am trying to lose a little weight. Um, and I don't know, because I know I don't look like overly fat, and I get that. Um, um, but I want to be a little bit leaner and a little bit fitter, especially as a cyclist, when you're trying to get yourself up a steep hill, the weight really matters. And I don't know if, if any of you have ever tried to lose weight. Um, the hardest part of losing weight is, the, is sticking to the, to the decisions that you've made. Like actually making a decision to lose weight is not hard. Actually deciding I'm not going to eat donuts, uh, which is a thing for me, a true confession. Deciding I'm not going to eat donuts, that's the easy part. It's making the day-by-day decision to actually not eat the donut that is the hard part of losing weight. Um, it's when you're in a room with a donut, right? That's when, that's when it, you know, that, That's when the moment happens. That's when you have to decide which of you is going to win. You know, the you that's looking six months ahead uh, at you cycling up a hill at sort of your goal weight or the you that's looking six minutes ahead at how good that donut is. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. And and so whether it's weight loss or whether it's controlling your spending or exercising or studying well at school, the challenge in any of those things is always about being able to look at the long term mm-hmm. as well as the short term, at being able to lift our guy, lift our gaze beyond what's immediately in front of us and think about those decisions, think about those things that we know are true beyond the next five minutes. We're in the last part of our November series um, and we've called it November because of course that's what the church is all about in the minds of many people, isn't it? The the, the number one message of the church in many people's minds is the word no. It is the church saying and God saying you can't do that you can't do this, no, don't do that, uh, no, that's not right, no, no, no. And I've said right from the beginning of the series that I think that's really sad because, while well, there's some truth behind some of the no's that, that we hear and that we read about. The picture of God in the Bible, the picture that Jesus paints of God, the picture uh, that, that Jesus paints, if you like, of himself, is a picture of life and hope and grace and freedom, and joy. And so what we're doing in this series is sort of flipping the idea of no in the Bible and looking at some of the other things that Jesus said no to, some things that maybe are more important for us to focus on than that list of no's that so often get talked about around church. And so we've talked about Jesus' messages around no condemnation. We've talked about never give up. In prayer. Last week we talked about no judgment. And today we're going to wrap up our series with Jesus talking about no death. No death. And 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 that is, in a sense, the dream of our world is in in so many ways. I mean, you go into a supermarket, um, supermarket cosmetic shelves are full of products that promise us that we're going to look younger longer. We've got foods, we've got superfoods, not just any foods, but superfoods that promise us that they will keep us healthier, that they will keep us fitter and stronger. Um, Our world is full of lifestyle advice, isn't it, that promises us that it will allow us to live longer. If we do this, if we exercise this, if we buy this, if we sleep this way. You know, all this stuff, and it's all about promising us longer and better life. Do you ever think about the reality that 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood on earth and said, I have the secret to living forever. I know the way to live literally forever. He called it eternal life. And eternal life is a tricky thing for lots of people in the church and lots of people outside the church even, because we can't see it. We can't test it. We don't know what it's like. and We don't know exactly what it's like anyway. People have lots of ideas and there's some some hints in, in Scripture. We don't really know what it's like. And yet despite all of this, if you like, uncertainty, Eternal life has always been and continues to be such an absolutely core part of Christian belief. It's such a central part of what Jesus talked about. It's such a central part of what the early church leaders and teachers talked about. John, one of Jesus' closest friends and disciples, he remembers Jesus saying these words. When Jesus said, truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life, as John five twenty four. John was a guy that literally lived with Jesus, travelled with him, listened to him teach, uh, you know, knew Jesus as well as anyone would ever know Jesus in a personal sense. And decades after Jesus' life and death and resurrection, John would write this. We read it in John three fifteen in our Bibles, where John says, everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. That's John 3.15, and John would go on uh, to write next what are probably his most famous words. I don't even knew they would be his most famous words when he wrote them. Everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John's saying that Jesus' whole purpose for coming to earth, the whole purpose of Jesus' life, the reason that God sent his Son into the world in the first place was to open the door for us to have eternal life. Eternal life isn't something that Christians just get after they die. Eternal life is the whole point of being a Christian, of following Jesus in the first place. I've said before that eternal life isn't the bonus when we die. It's not the steak knives that come with the car. The eternal life is the car, do you know what I mean? It is the main thing. Because what we read in the pages of Scripture that from the very beginning of time, that we, that humanity, was created for eternal life. If you start right at the beginning of our Bibles in, in, in Genesis, um, the story of Genesis is uh, uh, it tells us that death wasn't a part of God's original plan for people. Death only entered the world later as a result of sin. Paul, um, who lived after Jesus, would explain this whole picture this way when he said, sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, one man being Adam, as in the Adam and Eve Adam. Um, sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sin. In other words, he's saying that death wasn't a part of God's original plan for humanity. Eternal life is what we were created for. Death only appeared as a result of sin. And so Paul will go on to say, and and, and what Jesus is saying, is that Jesus is God's plan to overcome that death, to overcome that sin, and to open the way for us as individuals and as humanity, to open the way for us to return to the eternal life for which we were originally created. Does that difference make sense? It's really important. And if you're a Christian, that should get you really excited (laughs) Like, honestly, if you're a Christian, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, this ought to be the most exciting news, the most exciting thing that you hear and that you read when you talk about faith. As anyone watching it? If you're not a Christian, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is actually the best reason to consider following Jesus. But this is also the problem for many of us, because let's be really honest... The message of eternal life, the message of of, of no death, doesn't excite many of us, simply because we are so stuck in the day to day. We are so stuck in the now that we almost forget the eternal life that Jesus has won for us and has promised to us. Many of us can't get our focus beyond the school assignment that's due this week. We can't get our focus beyond the things that we need to do at work and the the, the job pressures that are coming our way. We can't get our focus beyond our relationships uh, or the relationships that we wish we had. We can't get our focus beyond our finances, beyond the things we're supposed to be doing at home, beyond our health problems, beyond our kids, beyond the problems of our kids. Many of us live like I do when there's a donut in the room. All we can see, all we can can smell, it's like all we can think about is the donor. We've completely lost sight of the six-month dream of what it will be to ride up a hill when I'm a little bit lighter. We're We're so focused on the now that we miss the much better future that is open to us. And I guess the message for today... The message, Jesus' message of no death, is to say, if we can lift our eyes, if we, can, if we can lift our eyes and see the long-term picture that he has for us, it will literally change our lives. Because here's the thing that sometimes we we kind of miss, is that Jesus' message of eternal life is not just something that happens after we die. Jesus' message of eternal life actually changes how we live Right now, when we really understand uh, that message, when we really understand what Jesus says about no death, it doesn't just change what's going to happen after we die. It changes the way that we live right now. Paul wrote a letter to uh, the church in the area of Corinth. It's in our Bibles. We call it Corinthians. Um, And he said this about eternal life. This is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 beginning at verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul's talking to followers of Jesus. He's talking uh, to a local church. And he's saying to them, quite simply, whenever you're going through in life, Whatever you consider difficulties in your life, whatever you consider painful in your life, whatever you consider troubles in your life, they are really, and the words he uses, they are really light and momentary. They are just temporary things, light and temporary things, compared to what he calls the eternal glory, the eternal glory, the eternal life that is coming your way. He says, so, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what's seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He's saying, don't let your vision, don't let your gaze in life, your focus in life, get stuck on the here and now. Lift your focus, lift your vision, lift your gaze and see the eternal future that is waiting for you, that is coming for you. Understanding that changes how you live right now. Understanding that is how Paul continued to share his faith and to talk about Jesus, even when people were literally, physically beating him because of it. Because they were light and momentary troubles, compared to what was coming for him. Understanding that is what allowed Peter and James and John and the other disciples to continue to talk about grace and joy and peace, even though almost every one of them were murdered because of their faith. Because those things were light and momentary troubles compared to what was coming. Fast forward 2,000 years, understanding that and knowing that is what allowed people like Martin Luther King to continue to preach and to teach about love. Even though his, his black brothers and sisters were being beaten and murdered. Because he understood that those things were light and momentary troubles compared to the glory that was waiting for him. This is how Mother Teresa could continue to serve and to give and to sort of pour herself. even though know, she owned nothing, she had nothing, because all of that, all of that discomfort and that, that awkwardness and that going without, they were light and momentary troubles compared to the eternal glory that was waiting for her. And you come closer to home. Understanding this is why some followers of Jesus seem so positive even when their health situation is so difficult. It's why some followers of Jesus seem so generous, even though you kind of know that they don't have a lot. It's how some followers of Jesus seem so kind, even when you know that people are being unkind to them. You know, there's something going on at their work or in their neighbourhood or in their extended family. There's a a lot of hate coming their way. How is it that they're so kind? It's how you see some Christians who seem so confident, so confident in what God is doing, even though the circumstances around them are so uncertain. You know, their job's uncertain, or their family's uncertain, or, you know, there's that kind of uncertainty. They, they seem to have this kind of confidence in their future. It's how some people seem to live with so much peace, even though the world around them looks so stressful. Because they understand that all of those things, all of those things, are light and momentary troubles compared to the glory that's coming their way. And knowing that that glory is coming their way, no matter what happens in the now, allows them to continue to love and to serve and to give and to experience peace and joy and hope and grace. These people know that there is more to life than what they can see. They focus their lives not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. They understand that there is an eternal glory waiting for them. An eternal glory that, as Paul says, far outweighs whatever's coming. You know, you you, you put whatever your troubles, whatever your difficulties and challenges are on this side of the scale, and you put the eternal glory on the other side of the scale and it far outweighs no matter what you've got going on this side of the scale. These people fix their eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. For 2,000 years, Jesus' message of no death has changed the way people look life because it gives you confidence that no matter what happens in this life it doesn't compare to the eternity that is waiting for you it doesn't compare to the eternity that is waiting for me that death is literally not the end and sometimes we say that you know like oh you know death's not the end and you know but they actually meant this. they actually believed this The death is not the end that Jesus death and his resurrection opens the way for us to experience resurrection. And what we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, am I going to go back to having black hair or will there still be this kind of grey thing that's going on a little? I know you've got a lot more grey hair than me, but do you know what I mean? There's all those questions. What's going to happen? Like, am I going to be young? Am I going to be old? Am I going to recognise my family? You know, all of that sort of thing. We don't know that, but what we know and what we hold on to is the reality that there is no death, that we will live forever, and that that this this eternal life will will be an eternal glory that will far outweigh anything that happens in this life. That's what we cling to. No death was actually Jesus' number one message when you think about it like that. Of all the things that Jesus came to say, of all the things that Jesus talked about and thought about, his primary message was, there is eternal life, that I have come to open the way to eternal life after this life. Eternal life was Jesus' number one message. It was his number one offer. Of all the things that you think Jesus could do for you, of all the things that you wish Jesus would do for you, the number one thing that Jesus is offering you is life beyond this life, is eternal life. I've said before uh, things along the lines that Jesus wasn't born so that I could pass my exams. Jesus wasn't whipped and tortured so that I'd have a good marriage and a happy joy. Jesus wasn't nailed to the cross so that I'd have enough money to to enjoy a nice holiday once a year. Jesus didn't die so that I'd have a long, healthy life and die at the age of 103, surrounded by happy and healthy family and friends. I mean sometimes we live like that, like that's the truth, you know? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son why? So that whoever believes in him would not die, but would experience eternal life. Jesus came to overcome sin and to overcome death and to offer us that eternal life that he made possible through his resurrection. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the good news of uh, the Bible, if you like. That's the good news of our faith. (coughs) The biggest no that Jesus ever talked about was no death.